Hi, Craig. Hello, Craig. Hello, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from race weekend. We hope you got to catch the race yesterday. It was an interesting one, but if you didn't, don't worry. We're about to recap everything you missed. On the episode today, we have Amy, Meg, Mal, Leanne, and myself, Chelsea. And I'm going to pass it off to Amy, who's going to start us off with Friday news. So the biggest news that came out of Friday's practice session was that during FP2, Daniel Ricardo had a crash after trying to avoid hitting Oscar Piastri, who had previously crashed, which resulted in Danny being taken to the medical center after his crash. It later came out that he went to the hospital with a broken wrist. After the fact, they actually got more specific and it was a broken metacarpal. Liam Lawson was brought in to be driving in his place. So we saw Liam do the rest of the practices and qualifying. Normally, we've seen Liam Lawson drive in free practices, FP1s in particular, and in postseason testing, but this will actually be his first full F1 weekend with a team. So I usually watch practice sessions on Fridays while I'm working, kind of use it as background noise. Um, so for FP2 on Friday, I was in a meeting, unfortunately for me. But let me tell you, I like was talking to my colleague and all of a sudden, like at the corner of my eye, I just see Oscar and Danny by the barriers. And I was just like, what happened? Social media is going to be popping off soon. So I just thought the worst. But when I saw the replay later, I was relieved that it was just like their own thing each. I mean, of course, Danny did have his fracture but at least it was that and both of them still came out okay and it was not worse yeah i was working and i wasn't really on my phone so i couldn't watch the race but i remember i checked the group chat and all i see was danny and like super big like explanation points i was like what no what did i miss and um it was danny in the wall so it's really just sad and crazy to see how long it took danny to get to where he is he's finally on the team and all this commitment just for the next weekend to get hit well to hit i think the thing for me that sucked the most was seeing how his hand was shaking after the crash that just really broke my heart because if you've ever had a broken bone or any kind of like hand injury really painful and the shakes are like the worst part because seeing it just at least in my case makes it feel that much more worse and my heart just really broke for him to see him after finally coming back, having summer break, and then his first race back, he's got an injury. But it did come out that Danny got the information for the surgeon who did Lance Stroll's hand and wrist surgery after his big bike accident. So at least he's going to be in good hands with somebody to fix his hand. Now, I have to say, I love that my prediction for a chaotic quality came true this weekend because I wasn't really sure if I was going to get what I wanted, and I, I definitely did. Q1, we had Alex Albon in P1, Max Verstappen in P2, and Oscar Piastri in P3. Did lose Zhou Yu, Esteban Ocon, Kevin Magnussen, Valtteri Bottas, and Liam Lawson. Granted, I will not hold that against Liam. It was his first qualifying in Formula 1 ever, so... It's kind of to be expected. Q2 was kind of just as chaotic as Q1. We had Max in P1, Oscar in P2, and Alex in P3. 
loving the little reshuffling of that group. We did lose Lance Stroll, Pierre Gasly, Lewis Hamilton, Yuki Tsunoda, and Nico Hulkenberg. Two, three. Had Max in P1 again, Lando Norris in P2, George Russell in P3, Alex Albon P4, which I loved to see. Fernando Alonso in P5, Carlos Sainz in P6, Checo Perez P7, Oscar Piastri P8, Charles Leclerc P9, and then Logan Sargent was P10 after crashing out after getting into Q3. This quali honestly for me had me on the edge of my seat. It's definitely one way to welcome us back to Formula One after summer break. I think my favorite part from quali was the reenactment of Charles in the lawn chair, exactly like Alonso, which if you want to see, just go on our Instagram. It was the best comparison. I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, Quali was definitely a fun session to watch, but I want to say how proud I was of Logan making it into Q3 for the first time in his F1 career, making us US fans very proud. At least I was very proud, but I don't know what is going on at the Williams garage or headquarters, but they need to keep on cooking whatever they're cooking. And yeah, I, they just, as Amy always says, they have that pixie dust and they just need to keep having it because they were him and Alex the whole weekend. That's all I'm going to say. I am sorry, but the scream I scrumped. When I saw that Logan Sargent was P1 with fastest lap, and I'm like, is this real? Are they tricking me right now? And uh, he was able to maintain it even for just a few seconds. I was like, you know what, Logan? I am so proud of you, baby. You got into Q3. First American there in so long. I love it. He is the first American driver to qualify in the top 10 since 1993. So it's been a very, 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 very long time since we've had an American driver up there in the top 10 and i can just echo what the girls have said i was so happy just to see him in the top 10 because logie bear deserves it i think he needed that little confidence boost to go through this weekend just because the rumor was kind of going around with his seat for 2024 and if he'll keep it or not but james val seems to be pretty confident in logan and yeah i'm confident in logan too hey i'm glad he's getting his confidence have to say I'm a little offended that Meg thinks that 1993 is a really long time ago as somebody who was born in 1993. I love you little sis but ouch. Yeah hey I kind of want to fight you right now as a 91 baby so uh see you on Saturday. Listen in like statistical terms it's a long time for F1 because that's like what 30 seasons of F1 that have happened. And there hasn't been an American driver to qualify in the top 10 in 30 seasons, 30 years, I guess. I mean, there hasn't been that many American drivers, but. You're digging yourself out very well. That was a good fact. And I'm over here thinking it was like 20 years ago. Let's not talk about that. (laughs) I still think the 90s as a 91 baby with Leanne, that anything in the 90s were like five, 10 years ago, like not. 30 something years ago. Insane, insane, insane. But in general, the quality session had the grid all over the place. And I remember going into Q2 and I was like, yeah, anything can happen at this point. And anything did happen at that point because Lewis was out and I was upset. But on the bright side, Checo did make it onto Q3. So that's a plus. And, you know, that's another confidence boost for him. And everyone else, again, it was just 
a nice diverse grit start like i remember joking around being like logan made into q3 but what cost the cost of lewis being knocked out so but again i like seeing a nice little switch up from time to time it keeps it nice and exciting so before we go into the actual race and what happened um i don't know if you guys saw the content from mclaren or just in general from today or this morning for some of us but someone gave max a camera and was doing like a fun like pre-race interview with the drivers and keep in mind this is probably more towards megan since you know she's the baby of the bunch max had those old school camcorders the handheld ones with the little like screen that popped out and it was like the little tiny cassette so when i saw that i was just like oh i was like that's nice and i was like typing i was like i don't know if people are gonna know about this but that's what it was. Those are still the newer versions to me. Like, because I'm remembering using VHS camcorders. <laughs> the big ones on the shoulders. <laughs> I was going to say, I know exactly what camera they were using because we had one and, like, I had one growing up in my family. So, like, and it even seemed like a newer version that they had of one of the, like, camcorder things. I don't know. I think these teams just love to give drivers cameras and, whether that be just like a film camera or a camcorder like we saw today. It's awesome. Just letting the drivers kind of have free range to do what kind of whatever the heck they want with these cameras. Cause we get some great content, some behind the scenes, never before seen footage that we don't get when it's other people taking that stuff. I love when they do that. It's just so much fun to see them see things from a driver's perspective. I personally cannot wait for them to drop like all of the footage because I think it's just going to give much more real and authentic personality from all the drivers because it's just like a friend taking a video of his friends. Like it's just, I think it's a whole different vibe. And I love when they pull out Polaroid cameras or anything. I mean, it's the same reason we all love like Lando and Danny's JPEG accounts is it's that raw, authentic behind the scenes moments. Melissa knows where, but I know they released it and it was super cute. It was really funny. And I don't know. I like watching the behind the scenes, like more so than the actual news things that they put out. That's what they're supposed to be doing because even Danny's reserve driver was in the video and he's like in the corner and he was like you can hear him I think German I'm not sure what he was speaking but he, he goes to Max he's like what the heck are you doing bro <laughs> like, why do you have that so the video's on TikTok but if I remember correctly per the comments I saw there I think it was Nico that was speaking in German which makes a little bit more sense so but he did like talk to Liam and it was really cute because you can tell like he was like nervous and everything it was just it, it was really cute like content to see and like just to see them like interact so friendly max was like asking like those open-ended questions which i love um and just like feeling like asking them how they were feeling about their starting position and whatnot but what i do want to highlight from all of this is just how max was like hyping up the drivers after they would say something negative about like whatever was going on like Alex said something about wanting to answer uh, the question after the race. And Max was like, no, like you never know what could happen. And in general, like it, regardless of like what they said, he was always positive about it. And I really admired that. I was just like, that's actually really nice. Cause you, you don't expect that from him, I guess. And he even complimented George's hair, which we know there was a little drama between them. So 
it was a nice little cherry on the ice cream for me. I feel like I say this every episode or like every time we record and there's a race. There's there's Max and there's Maxie. They're two very different people. And though when he has a camera in his hand, I feel like he's Maxie, not like Mad Max. Honestly, I just think it's nice to see drivers like Max or even Alonzo that they have this kind of reputation of being very serious, very like put off by funny things almost like people think they're not jokesters. And I think it might be the opposite. They just take their work seriously. You know, to them, it's a job. And I like seeing the behind the scenes exactly with like George complimenting the George compliment here because a lot of fans put them against one another in their head. And it's like, no, I don't think that's true. I think on the, the track, there may be enemies. You know, I'm sure some of them maybe even take off track and there's rivalries we can talk about in other episodes. But it's not that common. I really don't think it is, especially if you grow up together from the ages of like four. Not going to be enemies. You know, it's just a race. Now, this is going to sound really funny that I'm even bringing this up as the Red Bull girl. But if you do not follow McLaren online, they posted the best video I think I've ever seen. It just like got me in my feels. There is a photographer who they only gave us his first name, and that is Wolf, W-O-L-F apparently went to Zanvoort in 1965 by bicycle to photograph Bruce McLaren testing the M1A. Well, it turns out McLaren decided to bring him back this weekend to take new photos of their current car. He even brought the original slides to show the team. And it was just like such a cool full circle moment. And as I said, it got me in my feels. I love when you get to see thing just kind of almost like start to finish it's just it was such a cute moment for them to highlight so i don't know about you guys but for me i really like seeing random celebrities show up to these races and see who they root for and one we got today was steve carell hello michael scott you're a bit far from thunder mifflin what are we doing here no but honestly i didn't expect him to be at the red bull garage on top of him being just at the race in general so it was really cool to see that. And again, I'm always just curious, like when they get there, who they're going to root for, what driver, what team they they support and just how into it they actually are. Because, you know, some just go just to go to. And I don't know if you have like seen it, but on TikTok, he posted the video and he's just there in the garage. And he's like, parkour, parkour. I'm like, what are you doing? But he had a great time. My favorite thing is the Red Bull posts about it of, I think there was one where they're using the stay calm, stay calm bit um, on their Twitter account. They just have a caption that says attention employees of Dunder Mufflin. I just, I love that they embraced the character and just ran with it. Yeah, I really have no idea what Steve Carell was doing at a Grand Prix, but he was there. He was loving it. He was living his best life. Maybe he's filming a movie that has something to do with it. I don't know. Sorry, I saw his interview. He, they were literally on a family vacation. And they were like, hey, there's a Grand Prix. So they went. Shut up. They, yeah, that's, that's why. He literally, they were just on vacation, so they went. So that was their first Grand Prix, actually. That's hilarious because whenever I picture Steve Carell, like, I don't know where my mind just goes to Gru. So I'm just imagining, like, Gru from the Minions at an F1 race. I, too, always think of Despicable Me and Gru. But uh, I wish I had that kind of money 
to be on a holiday already and be like, oh, there's an F1 race. Let's just go and go. Like, okay. For me, it's not even like have the money to do that. It's the have the money to do it at that level where they're in a garage. Like talk about a first F1 experience. Holy hell. I would kill for that. But I mean, I, he's got the money. Have fun. Not only a garage, the winning garage. You know, they had a blast after that race. In his interview, he said, you got to go with the homeboy team. He's like, you have to go with the hometown kid. So that's why he chose that one. Yeah, I, I, I wonder how other than that, like people pick what garages they go to for a race weekend. But now getting into the actual race chat itself. This was a long and interesting race, to say the least. It was utter chaos that ensued pretty much immediately at the start of the race due to rain falling as soon as the five lights went out. A lot of the drivers immediately dove into the pits, changed for inters, although some did chance it for the slicks. Like, I know Lando chanced it, Oscar, Alex, Max. Some of them eventually did go into the pits, though to get their enters. And to me, the menace of the day, though, was the rain, since it caused DNFs and the 45-minute-long red flag towards the end of the race. So the menace of the day award, it goes to you, Green, and Mother Nature. I mean, I know we all love a wet race and a little rain because it always just makes for a little bit of a chaotic weekend. But I don't think we meant that much rain, guys really don't think that's what we were necessarily going for. For me, this race really reminded me why I love this track so much. And the rain really added to it and make me made me like it even more. This race just really gave me everything I think I needed to come back to Formula One from summer break and then some because there was a lot that I didn't see coming. I mean, we saw Ferrari being Ferrari this weekend. I still really cannot understand why didn't have Charles's tires ready when they had him pit for his first pit stop. Like, it just, what? It's just typical Ferrari at this point. Apparently, it's because there was a disconnect between Charles and the pit wall. They didn't want him to box, but he decided to tell them while he was in the pit lane that he was boxing. So he didn't have enough they, the crew didn't have enough time to get the intermediate tires out and ready to go for him. Or at least that's what I've heard and what the broadcaster said at the end of the race. But it wouldn't surprise me for Ferrari to do something like that, though. At this point, I'm no longer surprised by anything Ferrari does. It was just a hot mess, central. And miscommunication, all that stuff. I don't know. I just feel like there always needs to be like a plan B, plan C. They always have these plans like A through Z. So I'm imagining amongst all those plans, there's something in there and like these type of scenarios. But again, not surprised. I would just like to say, Ferrari, hire us. We can be way better strategists. I got you. I will keep my boys on pace. New Italian tempers already here. I just love being able to say that the Red Bull rocket is back, baby, because holy hell, Red Bull just, I don't know what they did when they built that car, but it works. Echo was just like coming out of nowhere to overtake both Lando and George, and it just brought me so much joy, serotonin, to see him 
back. Like it just kind of felt like he was back and refreshed and it was so nice to see. Yeah. So when all like that craziness was happening and both Checo and Max were not around like the top two positions, it was like really satisfying to see them like overtake and pass the other drivers. Like they just do it with such ease where it's like they don't struggle like other like ones do like you'll see them and everything and they just like go like all right to the left to the right and it's like straight and it's like okay I guess it's really easy for you I don't want to say it's easy for them because I know it's harder than it looks but they do it that good that it looks that easy thing for me that I think hurt the most in terms of anything within the Red Bull family was Liam Lawson's 10 second penalty for impeding poor kid got thrown in the deep end and I honestly I have to say it and I hate even having to say it I was expecting him to crash out at some point I'm a massive Liam fan and I really want to see him do well but I just my expectations were like bottom of the barrel low for him this weekend same way as Amy when I heard the news about him coming in replacing Daniels it's like it's gonna be what it is and everything but he finished a race in P13 And so for his first run ever in an F1 car, let alone that race in particular, it's pretty impressive. He did the damn thing. Honestly, I'm happy he got to try and I'm happy he got to like put his name out there on the grid. I'm sure reserve drivers, they obviously hope for the best for the people that should be driving, but they want to try. So it's a sad day for Danny and it was a pretty good day for Liam. Um, I hate to say this, but I, after this race, I'm not so sure how I feel about Logan's chances of being back next year. I just feel like it's getting slimmer and slimmer. I feel like I've lost count of the number of crashes that he's been involved with, no matter the cause that have happened this season. It's just makes me question. I don't know. So after the race, I saw online that James had confirmed that Logan's car lost hydraulic pressure before his crash. So essentially he had no power steering and had no choice but to go wide like he did and end up in the situation that he did. I feel really bad for him. Again, like Amy said, I always worry about like contract renewals and everything because I'm like, it's his first year. Let him warm up a little bit. Let him get used to it. Let's see how he does year two. But I'm not the person that decides this. So I'm just hoping this crash and again, the rumors that are going around about his contract for next year don't damper his spirit for the rest of the season and he can just take this as a okay let's turn around and let's improve so i actually think logan is gonna be re-signed by williams i'm actually not too worried about him only because he has potential and the problem is look williams they can find drivers with potential look at george look at alex but they don't give them the car to really fulfill that potential so it's not i don't think on logan or alex or george when he was on the team williams just knows how to pick the right driver for a shitty car because they know if they get a good driver for a shitty car they're going to be a midfield team instead of the end so i don't think logan is going to lose his thing because williams is like this door to get you into f1 you just really have to hope you can stay in it after i also agree with what you're saying chelsea just because I know James Viles has stated like he is confident in Logan and he is just seeing him shine through every race weekend that kind of passes. And today wasn't really his fault. Like there was nothing he could do. His car, he legit 
just could not steer his car. And I think, like we've also mentioned previously, Williams is one of the less cutthroat teams that does like to give drivers a shot. So I think we could at least see him for next year. If not, maybe even the year after, if he performs well and Williams is getting their act together, like how they're getting it right now, because they're both performing insanely well for Williams. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Logan stick around. I think he deserves it. Now, if we're going to talk about Williams, we have to talk about the former Williams driver, and that is George William Russell, who at lap like 59 or 60 absolutely had what David Coulthard called the save of the century. And I have to agree because that save of an almost crash had my heart in my throat. I was just blown away. The kid honestly has some killer reflexes, which I mean, he should. It's literally his job, but it was just insane to see that cra- that almost crash happen now i don't know what was going on with the pit stops but that 8.3 second pit stop from aston martin literally had me yelling at my television because what the heck was that the pit stops today were como se dice a huge mess like i don't know what was going on but the mechanics weren't even ready with let alone enough tires or any tires in general. It was just weird. Like some of them were missed. Like they had three and were missing one. Another, like, I don't even know what teams it happened with. But I remember there was one where like one mechanic was like running in front of the car and like chucked it at the other mechanic to like put it in and everything. So I was just like, what is going on? Like communication is mercury in retrograde and it's affecting the driver's mechanics and everything. Or was it the weather? And communication was just not that great. I'm making up excuses at this point. It's just like, what is going on? Maybe it was Mercury. Maybe it was the weather. All I know, or maybe we also got back from the break, like the break and everyone's a little getting it together, you know? All I know is I agree with Mel because como se dice, tremendo mess. Just big mess. So we can't actually blame Mercury retrograde for this one. There's a bunch of planets that are all out of whack right now. Mercury went retrograde on the 23rd, so like, sorry, I'm sorry, I have no control over this, but yeah, we can blame Mercury for this one. I'm going to use that as to why Alpine made that really kind of weird, almost like Jinx-like decision to put Esty on full wet tires. I it, it was not the move when they made it, and then I think they jinxed it and the rain got worse. Like, having to see Sergio Perez sit in the pit lane after the red flag... Just had me giggling because it's raining buckets and he's just sitting there. No umbrella, no nothing. They did finally bring out the umbrella and a tent. But like as Valtteri Bottas said in the past, it's great weather for ducks. Now for me, I think the best thing I've seen all weekend was the tire management from Alex Alp on this race. I mean, what was that? It was a masterclass in my personal opinion really just impressed me all weekend and as Melissa pointed out it seems like Williams just has a steady supply of pixie dust right now because he was just on it this weekend I want him to sprinkle the pixie dust on the car every single race and then on top of that can he sprinkle just like a little bit on Logan like a little bit I am so here for that like absolutely I do have to say I loved the crowd this weekend. They were just, they were fantastic all weekend. But today in particular, the fact that the crowd and the marshals basically started a dance party, 
bring the red flag is just iconic. They were next level. I think that may have been the best crowd I think we've had far this season, at least for me. That's they're my favorite crowd because they were just having a blast. There was a conga line with some of the marshals. It was just iconic. There there was a mascot, which I don't think I've ever seen any other Formula One race. I just 10 points, no notes to the crowd. Loved that too. It was like a lot of fun to watch and they made the absolute best out of a sucky situation during the red flag. And now that Amy had mentioned like the mascot and everything, I remember my friend was watching it with me and she was like, that just looks like a fun job, hyping up the crowd, getting to like dress up in a suit and just dance around. I was like, hell yeah, I would do that too. (laughs) Just give me a little mascot suit. I'll be hopping around to some music. I do have to say after the red flag, that like five second penalty for speeding in the pit lane for Checo just really confused me because I don't understand why they waited so long to announce that. It just kind of felt like they could have announced it while the red flag was in place and he would have just known from the jump. It feels just a little weird to me, but I do have to say I am so proud of Pierre for keeping that gap with Checo so close. He drove a fantastic race this weekend and I couldn't be happier for him. Yeah, his drive was really great. He really deserved the podium finish. I mean, from 12th to 3rd place, that was a time for Pierre. And I believe this is not only his first podium with Alpine, but also his first one since 2021. So definitely well-deserved. And he put one hell of a drive in. I honestly have to tip my hat off to both Pierre and Fernando Alonso for this weekend because... Both of them, especially today, they came out of nowhere and, like, up the wazoo. Like, especially Fernando into, like, turn one in, like, the Tarzan section of the track. He made up, like, three to five places like that. Both drivers were flying from the start, and they managed to have great strategy throughout the race, good calls, and they managed to stay at the front of the whole pack for pretty much the whole entire race. And... It paid off for them, P2 and P3. So go Fernando and go Pierre. And a different podium than normal. So I was excited to see that as well. As the Red Bull girl, this surprises absolutely nobody. But I loved getting to see Max get another record for the history books. He, and I mean, he had to put some work in to get it too, which was just really nice to see. And the reaction from the crowd was just, like, so good. Hearing them roar when he came across the the checkered flag was goosebump-inducing for me. Plus, getting to have his friend Martin Garrix wave the checkered flag, that was just, like, the icing on the cake for me. It was such a cute little moment to see him there, and it just feels like he has officially infiltrated the top of the F1 pyramid for me. All I know is I'm expecting... Any sort of footage, content, whatever on social media the next coming days of Max, Lando, and Martin together. Because you know, they definitely went to some club and partied for like a little bit. I will say that record-breaking thing, amazing. You know, sad to say it is amazing. Max Verstappen, in case you guys didn't know listening, he equaled Sebastian Vettel's record for nine consecutive race wins with the victory this weekend. So like, we are literally witnessing history this max season and i'm just gonna call it the max season at this point because that's what it's gonna be known for in the future 
I mean, David Coulthard called it Formula Max at the end of the race when I was watching because I wasn't watching the Sky Sports coverage. And I kind of feel like that's what this year is going to turn into. I know people are going to absolutely hate it, but I think it's just kind of what, at least it seems like that's what Red Bull is aiming for. Yeah, and I have to agree with what Lando said. I don't remember if it was during the post-quali interview yesterday or if he said it during some kind of other interview but he was like you just have to be grateful that you're even witnessing this kind of era in formula one and that you're watching that and he's like i get it it can be annoying but it's incredible to witness and just be a part of but speaking of mclaren McLaren did a typical McLaren this weekend and kept Lando out for way too long instead of boxing him for inters, so he was slipping and sliding all around the track, even though he asked his race engineer multiple times to box, and they said no, that he was going faster, but he was not, so the radio was definitely a little heartbreaking to listen to on his end. But the strategist honestly lost him his podium today, since he qualified in P2 and he has the car to stay there and challenge Max, but the strategy was just off and weather also did not help as well, but at least he managed to come away with some points today, especially since at some points of the race, he was at the back of the pack in like P19 and he had to fight his way through. But like I said, lucky they came away with points though. Yeah, I do think the strategists this weekend, like in general, were super off their game because I don't know if it was the rain or like again, back from break. I mean, Max was in fourth for a hot second. And I know that was like literally just because of Red Bull Strat. Like they had to work, I say work with quotes because it's Max and Checo, but they had to work to get back into first because of that. And I feel like the, you know, the rain just makes the strategists not so very good. I do want to take a moment, though, to say I hope Joe is, like, doing well after his crash. It was towards the end of the race. Um, it was at turn one. We saw him aquaplane off into a barrier. And the, fred the red flag was pulled out. I mean, of course, the race finished with only seven laps to go. But I feel like we have to remember when we're watching these people, they risk their life for every lap and race they do. So it's just scary to watch. Especially another Joe one. <laughs> we, already, we already saw that. Yeah, my heart broke when I saw him go off and just crash. It's just like, I say time and time again when I'm watching races, I just feel like he's just had terrible luck this season. And all I want, and this is just like in general for like a lot of the drivers, like the underdogs, but with him, I just want to see our fashion prints pop off on a race day and just do well and be one of those that's like, holy crap, he did it. But when I saw him in the top three, like in the beginning stages of the race, I was really ecstatic for him because I was just like, yes, it's a different lineup. He's up there and it showed that he is a good driver and deserves that seat because there's been rumors in the air about his contract next year, how they might not renew it and whatnot. So hopefully today's incident and the rumors in general don't dampen his spirits as well. And I just hope it just doesn't affect any possible contracts in his future with his current team or future teams. So to continue our talk about our feelings for the final results of the race and kind of how our predictions worked out, I didn't make any predictions myself this week, 
but I definitely would not have predicted two of the drivers that were on the podium today. I would not have said a couple days ago that Fernando and Pierre would have finished on top, but I'm sure as heck happy they did because Fernando deserves to be back on that podium after his kind of start to the season. And good for Pierre. He deserves that confidence boost. But I definitely would have said like one of the McLarens or one of the Mercedes would have been there. But it was not it was not their days today. I'm also sad that Alex finished further down than he started because he was flying in that car this weekend. And I, I was just so happy and so proud to even see him do well today. And he did manage to still finish in the points. But what can we do? And continuing our talk, Williams, we've already kind of talked about it, but I so heartbroken for Logan not being able to finish the race and spinning out again, although it was not his fault. He definitely needs to have a good race under his belt to keep his mentality high and so that he can finish the final push and leg of this season. Honestly, for me, this weekend was a 10 out of 10. Like, no notes needed. This race was was an epic way to come back from a month-long break. I know we all really missed race weeks, and it seemed like the Formula One gods decided to give us everything we needed and then some. It was a nail-biter like I had predicted, which was kind of nice for my predictions and my ego. The drivers really stepped up this weekend to deal with the weather changes, and I just have to give them all a round of applause. For me, Fernando really did come back as refreshed as I really hoped he would have. Seeing him back on the podium was exactly what I really was hoping for. Hearing Pierre's celebration on his radio and in the interviews was just so epic and heartwarming. He was seriously buzzing, and it was just really nice to see how happy the team was as well. Alpine really made me eat my words a little bit from my predictions. I definitely got the wrong Frenchman for P3, but I'm really impressed with Pierre Went from getting a five-second penalty to sitting in P3 on a podium. And like we all predicted, it seemed, or at least I predicted, we did get that double Dutch national anthem that we said we would. So I really can't be the only one who enjoyed having some new guests on the Max Verstappen podcast. Well, we did get a return guest with Fernando, who had a first appearance for Pierre, and it was just really nice to see. So I had no predictions for this race weekend because at this point we know who'll win, but it was a great race to watch after the summer break. So that was really nice. Thank you, F1. My friend who's not a fan, and I've been trying to convince her to become a fan so I can have a gal pal close by and watch the races with, watched a race with my boyfriend and I today. And I'm glad she was given an interesting one, but at the same time, I'm like, damn, She's going to want to watch another race with us. And it's going to be like an, an okay one. Um, but she really liked it. Like she was asking like questions, like what's going on. She was asking about drivers. Lando Loki did gain a new fan. So I think it's working. My plan is working. And our girl Meg is like, yes. Yeah. So you, you, you got another Norris girl over here. But yeah, no, it was fun. It Like from the start. It was just chaotic with the rain, the changes amongst the grid, the whole strategy, the tires. It was fun and I didn't sleep. So I have no complaints, like Amy said. And I'm just hoping for another fun one next weekend at Monza. So sadly, my predictions uh, did not come true. 
so I think my crystal ball might be like a little broken, but it was still a race I loved watching. Of course, like I mentioned, we're witnessing history basically every race this season, and as much as we love to hate it, Red Bull is absolutely taking over the grid, and everyone else is just kind of racing for the second place in the championship. So please let me know if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure if not the next race, maybe like a couple more, we're going to see Max already be named the champion before the season even ends. I think I've seen rumors that it could be um, Singapore, but I think it's more likely that it would be like Singapore or Japan. It's not, it's definitely not Monza. I know that for a fact. Yeah, I, you know, it's going to happen. I we've talked about it a million times we know but besides the grand champ who at this point whatever pgp's calling it let me say that the other two on the podium today alonzo and pierre absolutely both deserved it you know i think alonzo he was like on such this high like this winning streak that everyone was becoming like a big alonzo fan and he was getting these scores and then suddenly they just started going down and i think some fans Obviously, they started losing hope in him, but this podium, it's what he needed. I think it's exactly what the team needed because it proves his skill is still there and the Aston Martin skill is still there. And that's what just watchers aren't getting. So he needed to do a little reminder. Now, it took me a little bit too long to register who was giving Max his medal. And it was Lano's father, who is the Dutch it's f2 or f3 driver who passed away recently um at spa it was just such a sweet moment to see and i think it was really important for them to do now if anybody didn't watch the post podium interviews it looks like all of the drivers got these little goodie bags with like sweets and what looks to be like a windmill toy And Max was quoted as saying, look, I got this. It's the highlight of the day for me. And I've said it before, and I will probably say this a million times more, but I love seeing Maxi come out. He just looked like the happiest little kid with a bag of sweets. And it was so adorable to see. Yeah, look, I'm not a bandwagon because I'm not saying I'm a fan. But Max keeps showing up on my TikTok and I'm starting to like him more. And I don't really know how I feel about that. So, yeah. It is what it is. Maybe I am a bandwagon. I don't think I am. Now, after the race, it came out from Christian Horner that Daniel will not be racing at Monza next weekend. He is recovering from surgery that he had this morning on his hand. So we will more than likely see Liam Lawson back in the AlphaTauri next weekend, though that has not been confirmed yet. But I'm really not sure who else they would put in the car other than Liam. We will not be seeing Danny. We're really hoping that Daniel comes back tip-top shape, and we are sending him all of our best wishes. I'm curious to know how long Daniel will be out, just because I'm a nosy person, and I really just want to know. But as mentioned before, he's going, or he had gone to the same surgeon, Lance went to when he had his accident before the start of the season, and we saw how quick Lance recovered. But alas, I am no doctor, nor do I know how severe the fracture is. So we will see how it goes. And again, we just want the honey badger back in tip-top shape as soon as possible. Now, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that we always do our pre-outro. 
And for us, it's got to be driver of the week this week, and that is Alex Albon. He gave an absolute masterclass on slick tire management during the race this weekend, and he just overall had a killer weekend this whole race weekend, and we really cannot wait to see what the next race has in store for him. Thank the Lord it was race week, because I don't know about y'all, but I was going insane without it during the summer break. Our Sundays are now whole again, and I just, it makes me so happy. How did your predictions pan out? Because my TikTok ones did not go well. Let us know on our socials everywhere we are at Paddock Girls Podcast, except Twitter. There we are at Paddock Girls Pod. Also, don't forget to rate, review, and share our podcast wherever you listen, like Apple, Spotify, and now on TikTok. Thanks for joining us in the paddock. See you next time. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig.